1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend 10 to 15 minutes each week trying to better understand the topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. I'm Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a chiropractor, I'm a strength conditioning coach, I'm a goalie coach, and I am a graduate student researching hockey things. And as always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips.
0: Hello, I'm Jamie Phillips. I am a student physical therapist, not a doctor yet, I will be. Although, Ben, I do like when you call yourself Dr. Sarnick. it's very official. Uh, I have a master's of science in exercise science and integrated physiology. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. I am the best free goalie coach in the NCAA, and I run Phillips Sports Performance, so basically I train athletes, specifically goalies and hockey players, to become very, very good athletes.
1: These intros are getting out of hand.
0: Yeah, eventually our intro is just going to be, our whole pod is just going to be one long intro. It's
1: just, it's just actually me reading my resume to you when I'm applying (laughs) for jobs. I'm going
0: to, I'm going to print off my CV and be like, okay, so I was published in this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, actually, let me tell you about what happened in 2019. Uh, But yeah, let's say
0: this beforehand. If you are watching on YouTube, thank you. uh, Like, and subscribe. It helps grow the channel. We are on Spotify. We're, de- we're on all podcasts. Are, on- are we on iTunes too?
1: Uh, iTunes is a work in progress, but we're on yeah. Amazon.
0: We're on Spotify. Yeah, we're on we're, other podcasting apps. We're dealing with some technical issues with Spotify, but um, if you listen because of our direct link, thank you. Otherwise, our landing page will be available soon.
1: Uh, Jamie, yes. aside from technical issues, I have a technical topic for us to talk about. Good. Um, so this week i had the pleasure of listening to a really great presentation from a phd student uh uh, he's a guy in my lab my desk is beside his so when he's in the lab i sometimes see him um but a really really nice presentation he's his research is looking at mental fatigue and like gaze behavior baseball players Mm -hmm. so like if you're someone's really tired like do they pick up the release point of a pitcher Um, and it's actually really really cool because it could help kind of make lineup decisions pinch hitting stuff anyways he works for the jays he's a big deal and his presentation was really cool but one of the biggest things that makes his research kind of new in this area and exciting in this area is that he's going to be using live pitchers which you're at first you're probably like what do you mean of course you use live pitchers as baseball but like in a lot of Uh, studies where we're looking at how people you know track things with their eyes you have to use a robot (laughs) right Mm -hmm. it's like a pitching machine in baseball or a bowling machine in cricket um no one does this in hockey so don't try to find any research on this no that's that's that
0: well research but remember the bon there was a bon the bonnie puck shooting machine oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's a that was a thing i still occasionally see that on
1: instagram (laughs) unironically wow it's hilarious anyways um but the point of this is like he's trying to look at uh like how what is called a representativeness right which is basically like if you do a task Mm -hmm. uh, or if you're testing to see how someone does that a task in a sport you want to make sure that the task you're testing actually represents the sport you're doing again this seems this scene is basic i'll be the first Mm. one to say it like yeah if you're doing a hockey thing you probably want to make sure it actually is like a hockey thing but this is not an unfamiliar area for us to talk about where people do lots of things that say oh it's hockey specific and that's nowhere close Mm -hmm. right but a good example of a big one that's a big one in the field right now or a big one that's happening in, in sports in general right now are is like reaction training and reaction trainings i think like there's a couple different ways of doing it but the really interesting one that's taken the world by storm in the last year is like those reaction lights
0: right uh the what do they call those blaze pods
1: yeah i mean like there's a few different companies that do them um i'm not gonna explicitly <laughs> oh, explicitly.
0: Well, we 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 use them at tech um actually i don't really use them but we use them in the more off-ice setting And we use them in our neuro rehab clinic for like for Parkinson's, like stroke patients and stuff too. That's that's outside of this, (laughs) this topic, but that's why I named the brand here. Maybe, maybe they wanted, they definitely won't want to sponsor us after this.
1: Well, no, no, no. Let me, let me make this abundantly (laughs) clear. I think that in the right context, anything's fine, but I think again, like when we're talking about representativeness, I think like if you want to improve your reaction time, uh, whenever you're working on reaction time, there's a lot of s- human systems going on. There's like an, an audio processing system. You have your visual processing system, and those are very environmentally specific, right? So if you're a goalie trying to work on your reaction time, um, a lot of that is, is y- there's ice cues, like visual ice cues, visual sound cues, that you're not going to be able to reproduce off the ice you just can't and that's like it's the ecological theory of our development right yeah right so like that's and that's the big thing right so that's what he was talking about in his presentation a little bit is like that's why his studies is is fancy um and it's gonna be really cool because they're gonna actually track things with with live pictures but it ties into again that that concept of like when you're doing things off ice like maximize what they can benefit off the ice right like maximize mm-hmm. what things are good for and if you want to have like a reaction time thing um i know we talked about this a little bit but like a, a, a better if you're wanting to improve sensory pickup or challenge yourself from that way um people use colored pucks you use color pucks i use them as a while mm-hmm. for a while white pucks change your uh that's a more representative task than like power and if anyone everyone's listening i just hit every blaze pod
0: at the same time putting the the blaze pods on the wall and then tapping them when they light up we should honestly say colored pucks is like a cool one because it's we should talk about that another like next week because i know like you know myself and derek uh, and you were very like anti-gimmick but colored pucks are on that line of like oh is that a gimmick but yes it is but also no at the same time um, I think we say that for I another think, week, but the uh, re- reaction think, time, let's get stay on track here.
1: Well, no, but I think that's, I, again, reaction time is just the example here. Like, I think the colored pucks thing is a, a great conversation. Cause it's the same thing. It's like, it's clo- If we have a scale right from zero being does not represent hockey whatsoever to a 100, which is like a perfect representation of hockey, which would be a, a game, right? A hundred's a yeah. game. And then zero is whatever it want zero to be. You want to, a lot of the times, get closer to a hundred that's like how you're going to learn and best prepare you for that. Right. So like, I think if you look at something like a colored puck, you're still stopping a puck, you're still tracking a puck. You're on the, like that there's more features that bring it closer to a hundred. Yeah. And again, if the argument that you're using is like, we're trying to work on the concept of reaction time, which again includes a sensory process or sensory processes, that's a better one just like off the framework of it right i mean i don't like use just... like
0: pucks for reaction time i use it for when my goalies have either like eye flutter or something there's a disconnect between seeing the like getting their eyes on the puck and making the save and that's usually a tracking deficit so like when i use it like it's a hidden puck and it gets toe dragged out and they have to call out the color i don't I'm not trying to replicate the save in any way. I'm trying to get them in the habit of getting their eyes on the stick and maintaining that visual, I guess, for lack of a better word, connection the whole time through, because like, you know, as you know, and like, for your listening, there's sometimes people and goalies and players in all sports and like baseball or whatever it is, they'll pick up the blade, but then their eyes won't stay on that blade consistently And they'll have a hard time tracking. So I I use that when I could tell my goalies are struggling with that one specific aspect of uh, of puck tracking because there's no, that's like, that's the best way, in my opinion, to isolate it. And that's what I train.
1: Yeah. And I'd even argue that like you can do that. You don't need to do colored pucks with that concept, right? Like you can just hide a puck, pull it out, and shoot. Yeah. And then, I like the call out
0: where the puck's going because that way they're getting, they're training that ability to read the blade and read the release and be able to project velocity, height, you know, position.
1: All that jazz. All yeah. That that's jazz. like, yeah. But that's like what, it, again, what it comes down to is, and I think you have to again define like what implies reaction time and like what, like where you're looking at reaction time for that example yeah, too. Right. Because true. like it's it, but the point being, the point of all this being, um, there are things that you can do that are better learning tools, right? So if you're a mm-hmm. coach or if you're a goalie, um, if you're a parent, whatever it is, you want to think about again, like what makes the best learning tools, right? This kind of goes back down to like this idea of the VR conversation that I don't think we had this one, but I've heard other people have, right. Where it's like this, the mm-hmm. sensoryness arena stuff is like an interesting idea, but again, it's, it's removed, right? It, it's again, yeah. it's not the same. So you have to take it away from it being representative. Right, so it's like, do you want to spend money on a VR headset, or do you want to spend money on whatever ten private lessons with a goalie coach? When we look at a motor learning concept, like how we learn um, and develop motor patterns and how we move and how we make saves, it's probably better to to do it on the ice. It's probably better yeah. to do it with someone where you can repeat it. So that's like where this always comes back down to is like try to keep things as most specific as possible. Um, if you're on the ice doing a drill, you're already at like 80 out of 100 on this arbitrary scale, right? Yeah. And anywhere between 80 and 100, it's probably productive. And then there's, again, obviously there's layers to it and some skating drills and some shooting drills are way less productive than other things. Okay, so I
0: told you before, we didn't prep this, but I told you before that I was going to come across as the devil's advocate in this argument. So I, I hope people will understand that on that scale of terms of specificity it's not just doing blaze pods on the wall is not replicating one's ability to make saves correct but is i guess you sort of answered it with "there's yes everything in the con in the context but do you think it is worth it to do that to train, train general reaction time and reactivity And then that carrying over into you sometimes see even we did this in the American League and in the NHL, we they put blaze pods on like tripods and you had to like shuffle and push and slide (laughs) to them. Do you think there is any efficacy in that at all or would time be better spent
1: elsewhere? I think it's like I I so I don't have an answer. Um, I think you'd have to test to see like if it actually worked, right? That's always the biggest thing with anything. Is like, can you actually test to show that it works, and how do you measure to yeah. show that it works? Um, I think the biggest challenge for me when I think about anything that's like that kind of cues, like, it's a it's a visual cue, right? So like, mm-hmm. you're if you're on the ice, a blue light or whatever light goes, you have to go to that light, right? The challenge is that like that task itself, you never have that visual stimulus in hockey, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're never reacting to a light. Um, And so because of that, the systems that you're working on just aren't the same. Like, is there some carryover? Probably. Like I'd I'd for sure assume that like the change of direction work that you're doing Mm -hmm. there and like the general movement stuff is going to have its carryover. But I think it's just a little bit harder to say that this would lead to um, like a, a way better kind of reaction type thing, because again, like you're, like you just said, with your scapeless uh, stick blade example, yeah. right? Like as a goalie, your change of direction isn't just inspired by a sudden light change. It's a, it's a game read, yeah, right. So you can be the quickest reaction time goalie in the world, but if you can't pick up the environmental context that leads to a pass being cross ice or versus a pass being down low. Doesn't matter how quick your reaction time is if you're just behind that play already. Yeah.
0: You know what and I mean this I think this whole this whole argument it, or I mean argument discussion is again going it's basically a sports specific training wrapped in a different element where yes you can benefit from these apparatuses and these devices to a degree, but is it as good as doing the real thing? No. And yeah and that's and but the thing is is like I guess I guess if you have no other options, like hey, you can't get on the ice for four months. It's better than doing nothing. But if you can't get on the ice for four months, like you gotta figure I would I would argue why can you not get on the ice for four months? It's like it's like doing, you know, when you see goalies training like weighted half splits on slide boards. But yeah, I mean I I guess you are gonna get st- some benefit from that, but is that as good as going out and doing power pushes on the ice? No. And if you're trying to build leg leg strength, is that the best way to get stronger legs? No, it's it's not. So it's like again, it's that like that boat analogy, the travel analogy from New York to LA. There's definitely yeah. different weight methods of transportation. Some are just better than the others.
1: Yeah. And that's like again, that this is this I'm always fine saying this, but I think it's an important discussion to realize that the resources that go into someone being like a really, really, really successful athlete are different in different sports. Right. And that's, it's evolving, but there's a huge like time and money component to this. Like you're, you're lying if you, if you say there isn't right. Like it's, it's really, I don't think you see in the modern era of of hockey right now, any elite goalie who is playing pro like didn't do a, a solid amount of private training. Right? Is that a, is that a bad take? No, Do you know I anyone?
0: I think <laughs> like... no. I think there's yeah. I can't even name one off the top of my head. I mean, again, like hockey is a sport. Just like golf, like like so many sports are sports of privilege. And even yeah. like even simple sports like soccer and basketball are st- are starting to become that way. Where you know you're are looking look at Europe, like kids go to like training academies. Mm-hmm. Yes, are those academies funded by you know the big clubs for sure? But you. <laughs> how is someone in some small rural village in the middle of Bangladesh supposed to compete against a kid grows up in Manchester United's farm system and has a structurally set up development plan from the age of five. Like it's, it's hard. It's hard to compete with that.
1: Yeah. And that's why, again, this conversation always, always finds its way. Even when it looks different, it boils down to the same idea that it's a resource intensive sport. And so if you're good if you have those resources use them the best way you can or if you don't yeah. have a ton of those resources don't use them on things that don't make you better right so exactly. like the idea of representative training is like your training should when you're working on things whether it's movements that are hockey specific or whether it's game situations your your best bet is to do it to do that learning in the most similar environment you can to the games you're going to play in yeah. right and so at the end of the day if you want to work on a reaction time and whatever that means um i think stopping pucks is a good way to
0: do that <laughs> i guess I, I would i would i would phrase that if you want to work on reaction time you can do reaction drills with an input output you want to work on your ability to stop the puck and your ability to react to pucks and blades. then you need to get on the ice and stop pucks that that
1: was way better than what i said
0: all right, we're back. Um, I don't know if we're back. I don't know when we're going to throw this in the episode. Maybe I'll throw it in towards the end. But we actually finished the episode, started talking, and I realized that there was a point that I forgot to say when it was coming to developing specificity. And a really good example is I have two freshman goalies and I have one senior goalie. Now, my freshman goalies are very good. One of them is probably the best overall athletic goalie that I've ever worked with. and so all my these these goalies are at a call division one level and higher, and so what I focus on is I don't need to focus on basic things because they have that foundation. So what we do is we do options, and everything I do as I challenge them, I have shooters in tight that can either shoot or pass, shoot or pass, or even shoot pass attack, and the over the the insane difference between my senior goalie's ability to read that release and my freshman goalies, even the one that's like a super freak athlete. And I know both these freshman goalies have trained like reaction time training stuff their whole careers. That freshman, that senior goalie is so much better at being able to read and read the like the, the release or pass compared to my freshman. And why is that? Repetitions. He's a senior. He's been doing this with me for three years. My freshman guys are getting better very rarely do goalie coaches focus on this specifically it's usually like actually it's not usually most goalie coaches are like oh come out shot i'm gonna shoot low blocker and you're gonna fall like you already know and so the game you don't know where pucks are going and you can do blaze pods until the cows come home but until you have you train this task specifically you're not going to be able to to be good at it and if you go to my YouTube or the Patreon or, or whatever, wherever I post my videos, you'll see most of my drills are training options and look at Blake, the guy who wears true compared to the other two and count how many times he just drops straight down on when the pass goes back door, maybe one out of 50, maybe one out of 50. And then you go to my freshman goalies and they're coming up where they're one out of three, one out of four times they're just going straight down and they're going to be in the past. And that just takes time. That takes time and effort and and reps working on options. And that's like, if someone was ever like questioning, oh, that doesn't like make sense. Watch those videos and you'll see the disparity. And it's not because Blake is somehow a better athlete or a free, he's not as good a skater as Max. You know, he's not tall. Like he's not these things, but his ability to read the release and read the play is unmatched and that's why he's one of the one of the best goalies in college hockey.
1: on that note jimmy i think that's a good way to end it Thank all right for thanks that for that this
0: thanks for listening everybody uh like subscribe give us a follow comment too, comments all too we also like to engage in comments because we need to have more discussion because a lot of people have different opinions than us so
1: until next time